Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, Saka. Welcome to the edition of the Arsenal Audio Match Day program. Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur, Sunday, 26th of September 2021. Kick off 4:30 p.m. The contents: official voice around Arsenal. Player feature: Takahiro Tomiyasu. Sustainability: Community voice. Foundation voice. Academy young gun. Around the academy. History: Arsenal women. Visitors, Tottenham Hotspur. Match action, Arsenal versus AFC Wimbledon. Supporters' voice and teams. Official voice, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Every issue, we hear exclusively from significant figures at the club on our official voice pages of the programme. This issue, we hear from Captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang on derby days our young stars and you, the fans. When I think back to my first North London derby at Emirates Stadium, I still get goosebumps. Me and Laka were talking about it a few days ago and we were both saying that we'd love to play in another match like that one again. It was just amazing. The way we came back from 2-1 down was brilliant. Our fans were so loud. They gave us so much energy. I can still picture when Lucas Torreira made it 4-2 and everyone just went crazy. It's such a good memory for me and all the players that day. Leaving the stadium was a crazy experience too. I remember driving home and stopping at a red light right in front of a bar full of Arsenal fans. They were outside the pub singing my song and that was really cool. It makes me really proud and brings a lot of joy to me when I can bring happiness to people. On the subject of that, as a father, There's no better feeling than coming home to your family, especially your kids, when you've scored in a derby. After that 4-2 win, they ran to the front door screaming, Dad, you scored two goals! I could see the joy in their faces, and honestly, there's nothing more important in life than seeing your children and family happy. I'm used to playing in really big derbies, with St Etienne against Lyon, and with Dortmund against Schalke. But the atmosphere inside the Emirates that day, wow! Even at 2-1 down, our fans were still really pushing us forward, and that gives you something more from deep within. The fans were our 12th man on that day, and you could sense how important they were in our comeback. They gave us everything, so we had to give them something back. 
Memories like that are an example of why it's special to play in front of fans, especially when it comes to matches like the derby. When I joined the club, it was instantly made clear to me just how big this game is. I remember Paul, our head kit man, talking to me and letting me know how important this match is for everyone associated with Arsenal. I've spoken to Ian Wright about it too. When you're an Arsenal player, you're Arsenal for life. So when people like Wrighty speak, you listen. The only thing you want to do is go out on the pitch and show them that you've taken in what they've said and that you're ready to perform. Now it's up to myself and the senior players in the squad to make sure that our new players know about what to expect in the derby. We've spoken about it in the lead-up to the game and everyone in our group knows that this one is unique. My first big derby win was with Saint-Étienne against Lyon and I remember there being a lot of pressure before. I'm the sort of person who likes that. I enjoy playing in unique derby matches. When it comes to a derby, it's all about winning and that's it. You just have to get the result no matter what. You have to enjoy the pressure and see it as an opportunity to create lasting memories. When I was at Dortmund, I had a good record in derbies. In fact, I think Schalke fans hate me now. Seed still brings it up from time to time. I celebrated with a mask on a couple of occasions in those games. I've been asked if I'd do something similar in a match against Tottenham. Everybody knows that I'm a bit crazy with that sort of stuff, so let's wait and see. We come into today's game in a good place, and as a squad, we're determined to make more special derby memories this afternoon. I can honestly tell you that everyone is giving their all, and we've seen that in the last three matches. It feels like this is the right moment for the derby, because we're feeling confident, and the last three results we've had have been down to the whole squad giving everything together. It's not just the players that start who deserve credit. It's also down to the players we've had coming off the bench, and those that have been training really well behind the scenes. Our young players are making a major impact at the moment too. When you're breaking into the first team, it's about playing in as many matches as you can to help raise your confidence and belief. If you keep playing, keep developing and keep learning, it benefits you in many ways. We've got a lot of young players here, and they're on a good path. As leaders, we try to push them and help them carry on doing the right things to make sure they have as successful a career as possible. I feel like this group is in a good place. Now is a good time to show that we are the Arsenal and what that means when it comes to a derby. I know I've mentioned it already, but I just wanted to finish by reminding you all that you have a big role to play today. You've been brilliant with us all season. You've kept backing us throughout and we really appreciate that. Your support is honestly so important to us and makes a massive difference. So make sure you bring the noise today. Around Arsenal. Driving new trade. Inspired by player business partnerships of yesteryear, Members of the Arsenal men's and women's teams are pairing up with local businesses to raise awareness of their services and drive footfall on and around match day. Arsenal captain Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang got involved with Auto Parts, a family business that has been on Holloway Road for 48 years. Explains Auto Parts owner John Selby, I got a call from the club explaining what they would like to do, and to be honest... I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, what do I have to pay? 
You know what it's like when you seem to get a phone call nowadays. I think I was even a bit rude to the girl from Arsenal on the phone. It turned out the club just wanted to do something good for local businesses, and the whole thing has been an amazing experience. We got to meet Aubameyang, continues John, and he just seemed like a nice, humble guy, and we were able to have some family at the filming, which was fantastic. We're all big Arsenal fans, and my nephew in particular, who has over on his shirt, couldn't believe it. For small business owners like John, the last 18 months have thrown up more challenges than usual, making the Arsenal initiative all the more welcome. For a little business like ours, it's kind of felt like a lottery when he smiles. It's not just the exposure, it's the feeling of something good happening, enjoying the fun of the film shoot and all of that. It's been so tough during the pandemic, it's felt like everything was against you. People moved their business online and became used to that, but the bills don't stop, and then there's road closures, just everything. For something like this to happen out of the blue like this, it was just amazing. And the Arsenal experience didn't end after the satisfied customer walked out of auto parts. We are getting the chance to come to the game today as a family too, which really means a lot to us, says John. My wife's never been to a match, and for someone like my mum, who's 73 now and has been doing our books for 30 years, it just feels like a treat she really deserves. There will be 12 of us. I've told everyone to behave. So, thanks, Arsenal. I just love how this shows that the club can care about someone like us, a small local business. It feels great to be a little part of the club. Uber and Auto Parts partnership follows the recent tie-up with Rob Holding and the Tollington, and it won't end there. More local businesses will feature in the campaign side-by-side side with Arsenal players. Look out for the adverts aired across the business and club channels, including the stadium's big screens, on the perimeter boards and, of course, inside the programme. To watch Orba visit Auto Parts in a very special advert and learn more about the initiative, go to arsenal.com or follow at Arsenal on social media. Ref Watch This afternoon's referee is Craig Pawson from Sheffield. The 42-year-old official took charge of four Arsenal matches and a further four involving today's opposition during last season. Here's the full record. Arsenal under Craig Pawson, 2020-21, played four, won, nil, drew, one, lost three. Goals scored three, goals against seven, Arsenal yellow cards seven, Arsenal red cards two. Tottenham under Craig Pawson, 2020-21, Played four, one nil, drew one, lost three, goals scored four, goals against eight, Tottenham yellow cards eight, Tottenham red cards nil. Sam stars in the programme. Earlier this month, junior gunner Samuel became the cover star of his very own personalised match day programme. This very special experience was thanks to mum and dad, Louise and Joel, and my Arsenal rewards. By redeeming rewards points, they were helped by the Arsenal editorial team to make sure everything was perfect for Samuel's programme debut. If you're an Arsenal member, head over to the My Arsenal Rewards Hub now to find out how you or someone special could receive their very own personalised programme for the next game. Not a member? 
Head to arsenal.com slash membership for more info on how to join. Ticket news. Home, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Premier League, Monday, October the 18th. Kick-off 8pm, live on Sky Sports. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Red, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Aston Villa, Premier League, Friday, October the 22nd, kick-off 8pm, live on Sky Sports. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Red, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. Arsenal vs Watford Premier League Sunday, November the 7th, kick-off 2pm. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are currently on sale to Silver, Purple, Cannon and Junior Gunner members. An allocation of tickets will go on sale to Red members at 10am on Wednesday, October the 6th. Away, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Arsenal, the Amex Stadium, Premier League, Saturday, October the 2nd, kick-off 5.30pm, live on Sky Sports. This fixture is now sold out. Please visit https colon slash slash www.arsenal.com slash tickets on arsenal.com for up-to-date ticket information regarding all fixtures. Jimmy Greaves Please note, there will be a period of applause to remember Jimmy Greaves prior to today's match and obituary features in this programme. Notice Board Andrew Mangan Happy 50th birthday from all your friends at Arsenal. Happy 70th birthday, Laird Budge. We hope you enjoy this special day from your family and friends. Bob Mason, Fossil. Happy 80th birthday. Best wishes, Gary and Mary. Samantha Locke. Happy 30th birthday. Have a lovely day at the game. Love Mum, Dad, Emma, Milo, India and all your close friends. Happy 50th birthday, David Ziegler. Arsenal till I die. Happy 30th, Shawnee Mack. So proud of you as our son, husband, brother. Love from all the Clampets, Mum, Dad, Nicole and Rachel. Enjoy today. Happy 50th wedding anniversary, David and Shirley Laws. Love, Nicola, Stephen, David, Samuel, Liz, Caitlin, Kieran and all family and friends. Happy birthday, Hamza Hussain from Bolton, up the Gunners. David Hastings, happy 55th birthday. Come on, you Gunners. Love Sandra, Lauren, Mark, Rachel, Chris and Ava. Totalizer £265. Email noticeboard at arsenal.co.uk if you would like a message for a small donation to the AFC Foundation placed in the programme. Arsenal remembers. Andy Jones passed away after a tragic accident at his son Aaron's football match in Brisbane. Originally from England and an Arsenal fan, Andy is survived by his wife Rianne and children Aaron, Sienna, Vivian and Layla. Valley Andy Jones. John Cantermill. Highbury faithful, lifelong supporter of the Arsenal. 
missed by so many, but forever in our hearts. Stuart Coburn, lifelong fan and season ticket holder, passed away aged 71 after a brave four-year fight against cancer. Missed so much by his wife Linda, children Haley, Tracy and Daniel, family and friends, he put a smile on everyone's faces with his jokes and kindness. The Arsenal support will continue in his memory. This afternoon's fixture is the 190th clash between the teams. We have won 78 of the previous 189 with 51 draws and 60 Tottenham Hotspur wins. A message from our ball squad. We are writing this as members of the Arsenal ball squad. We are all in our teens and we want to live in a society free from racism and discrimination in all forms. The racism towards the Black England players which erupted during the Euros was disgraceful and we want all fans to join with us in ensuring that racism is challenged and eliminated. We are really pleased that Spurs fans showed such support for Bukayo Saka when Arsenal played against Tottenham in August, displaying a banner saying, North London stands with Bukayo Saka and all players against racism and discrimination. Since then, headline news has gone quiet on this issue and it's tempting to think that it has gone away, but of course it hasn't disappeared at all, as we saw in England's game against Hungary. This is an ongoing blight on society and we all need to continue to call out and challenge racism and discrimination whenever and wherever we see it. Every time we do this, we are giving a clear message that racism and other discrimination is unacceptable, as well as being damaging to all of us. All of us have an important part to play in creating a world where everyone is valued for who they are and no one faces discrimination and prejudice. As young people, we are asking all of you to commit to this and to stand firm. Thank you. Welcome, Kenny. We're delighted to welcome club icon Kenny Sansom to this afternoon's fixture. Kenny, who captained us to the League Cup trophy in 1987, is actually celebrating his 63rd birthday today. We wish you all the best for it, Kenny. Here's hoping we can celebrate with an Arsenal win. Up for grabs. It's probably the most dramatic moment in our history, and you can relive the events of Anfield 89 at Barbican Hall on Friday, November the 5th. Projected highlights of that night in Liverpool get the symphonic treatment as Lee Dixon reunites members of Arsenal's title-winning team to reminisce. Leading composer and lifelong Arsenal fan, Mark Anthony Turnage, supplies the musical alternative to Brian Moore's iconic commentary, capturing the intense roller coaster of highs, lows, desperation and elation every sports fan lives and breathes. Tom Paricelli, Loose Tubes, and Peter Erskine, Weather Report, form two-thirds of a star-studded jazz trio joining the BBC Symphony Orchestra in Turnage's composition, which combines his personal experiences and memories as an ardent supporter with musical nods to the likes of goal-scoring hero Michael Thomas and David Rowcastle, to whom the piece is dedicated. For more information, visit https colon slash slash www.barbican.org.uk slash what's hyphen on slash 
2021 slash event slash up hyphen four hyphen gramps. Dr. Leonard Sash. Everyone at Arsenal was saddened to learn of the recent passing of Dr. Lennon Sash. Dr. Sash was a prominent figure at the club for many years as a club doctor and was a greatly respected and valuable member of the backroom team. Our thoughts are with his loved ones. All the best, Beth. Go well, Will. Good luck, George. We'd like to wish all the very best to three members of staff who are leaving Arsenal for pastures new. Senior Events Executive Beth O'Neill has been with the club since February 2015 and, among many other duties, Beth has played an important role on home match days at Emirates Stadium. Also leaving is Will Tucker after five years of service. Will has been instrumental in the smooth running of the premium areas of the stadium and we wish him well as he heads back over the water to DC. Last but not least... We say goodbye to George Martindale, who has worked in our communications team for three years. George has worked across all comms during his time with us and has been particularly instrumental in amplifying the wonderful stories that emanate from Arsenal in the community. Cadbury Club Awards. In May this year, our official chocolate partner, Cadbury, ran a competition in stores offering the chance for one lucky fan to present the Playmaker of the Year award to Emil Smith-Rowe, our play with the most assists in all competitions during the 2020-21 season. The lucky winner of the competition was Daniel Savory, a lifelong Arsenal fan who found out he had won on his birthday. Dan has been supporting Arsenal since he was nine years old, and is here today with his girlfriend Lucy, who's watching her first ever game at the Emirates. Dan is not the only Arsenal fan in his family, and he would like to send a special shout-out to his son Freddie, named after Freddie Lundberg, and sister Jodie, who are both also huge Arsenal fans, but unfortunately can't be in attendance today. Leeds United next in Carabao Cup. Following our victory against AFC Wimbledon on Wednesday, Arsenal have been drawn at home to face Leeds United in the last 16 of the Carabao Cup. Leeds progressed via a penalty shootout against Fulham in the last round after a goalless draw at Craven Cottage. They beat Crewe 3-0 in the second round. It will be our first meeting with Leeds in the League Cup since 1979 when we played them over two legs in the second round. After a 1-1 draw at Elland Road in the first leg, we beat them 7-0 at Highbury. It remains our biggest ever win in the competition. The goals came from Alan Sunderland, 3, Liam Brady, 2, Sammy Nelson and Frank Stapleton. Our only other League Cup encounter with Leeds came in the final in 1968, just our second season in the competition. Leeds won 1-0 at Wembley that day to lift the cup, with a goal from Terry Cooper. The fourth round game this season will be played at the Emirates on Tuesday, October the 26th at 7.45pm and will be shown live on Sky Sports. The full draw for the last 16 of the Cup is as follows. Chelsea vs Southampton, Arsenal vs Leeds United, Stoke City vs Brentford, West Ham United vs Manchester City, Leicester City vs Brighton and Hove Albion, Burnley vs Tottenham Hotspur, 
QPR versus Sunderland, Preston versus Liverpool. Player feature: Takihiro Tomiyasu. Fan zone: Arsenal players discuss the influence and inspiration provided by you, the fans. Fresh from making an eye-catching debut against Norwich in our last Premier League game at Emirates Stadium, Takihiro Tomiyasu spoke to the matchday programme about his first taste of English football and the start of what he hopes is a long and happy love affair with the Arsenal fan base. It felt like a new beginning when Arsenal took to the pitch for our meeting with Norwich here a fortnight ago. All eyes were on us after a stuttering start in the Premier League in which we had failed to take a point or even score a goal. In our opening three games, a run during which we had, perhaps crucially, been without several key players, so there was a new sense of hope around when domestic football resumed after the early September international break, and the fans could finally see the team that had been assembled over the summer. Ben White and Aaron Ramsdale were both in the lineup to make their Emirates Stadium debuts while Martin Odegaard was back home for the first time after making his Real Madrid loan move permanent. Adding to the sense of fresh optimism in the North London air, and part of this new-look young Arsenal side, was the latest signing Takehiro Tomiyasu. Tommy, as he's known around the club, had arrived from Italian side Bologna just over a week earlier, on transfer deadline day. Indeed, the 22-year-old defender had only one training session with his new teammates prior to the game, as he awaited his visa clearance following international duty with Japan. But he was soon thrown in at the deep end, being named in the starting lineup for a high-pressure game against the Canary side who had started the day sitting one place above us in 19th, also without a point. It was a test he passed with flying colours. The Emirates faithful took to our new right-back almost instantly, and he nearly marked his impressive debut with a stunning goal on the stroke of half-time. But a win and a clean sheet was all he desired from his first outing in Arsenal colours. And the young defender says he will always be grateful for the welcome he received from the supporters. The day of my debut was amazing, Tommy Beams. It was a special day for me because it was my big dream to play in the Premier League especially to do that at Emirates Stadium as well. It was just wonderful. I can tell you that I've never heard a sound like that before, never in my life, so it was really special for me. I will always remember it. That noise came as a surprise to me, of course. I've not been in front of that many supporters before, but during the game, I was focused on playing. I needed to focus on my performance, so that's what I tried to do. In my career before that, I think the biggest crowd I played in front of was maybe the Asian Cup final with the national team in 2019 against Qatar. But that was not as big as the Emirates. This was much louder, much bigger. It was amazing for me. I could hear it from the moment we walked onto the pitch. And every time when I got the ball or played the ball, I could hear the noise. And then, of course, the goal as well. My friends or family could not be there for the game, unfortunately. But I hope they will be here very soon. My parents are looking to come over as soon as they can. So the crowd certainly played their part in making Tommy feel welcome in London. And so too, he says, did his teammates. Ever since I arrived, every single player has helped me a lot here. And every member of staff as well. Before that game against Norwich, I have to say I was really nervous. So I really appreciated the help from all the players. Especially Martin Odegaard. 
he told me that you just have to enjoy this time and really enjoy it. And that's what I was able to do. It helped me that we were able to take the three points as well. It meant it was a good day for me. But I think of my own performance, actually, I'm not 100% satisfied. I made some mistakes, especially defensively. But I think it will get better. It was just my first game. I didn't call anyone after the game or anything. I just messaged my parents and they congratulated me. But it's just the beginning for me. Just one game. I have to keep working. Speaking to the softly spoken, thoughtful young Japanese defender, the theme of working hard and self-improvement is a recurring one. He has a very diligent approach to his work and is keen to improve his already impressive English as soon as possible. He picked up Italian very quickly during his two-year spell at Bologna, but it's improvement on the pitch that he strives for most and he can pinpoint the exact moment he realised he needed to up his game if he was ever to fulfil his dream of playing in the Premier League. It was on November 15th, 2015, in Manchester, when he was in the Japan Under-19 side that took on England Under-19s in a friendly. Aged just 17 at the time, Tommy was part of a defence that was taken apart by a ruthless England side, featuring Arsenal duo Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Dan Crowley, losing 5-1. Crowley, now at Birmingham, scored the fifth goal. But for Tommy, he remembers the occasion as the moment that highlighted the standards that could be reached. That game was one big reason for me why I wanted to play in the Premier League, he explains. We lost 5-1 and I couldn't do hardly anything in that game. At that moment, I thought that I have to one day get to the level where I could play in England. I knew I needed to be better and to get to that level. That was my target. And now I am here in the Premier League. So I'm happy now and I need to keep working hard. Whatever work Tommy put in during those intervening six years has paid off, and soon Arsenal came calling. From start to finish, the transfer was all conducted in a little over 24 hours, just before the transfer window closed on August 31st. So the Fukuyoka-born defender had little time to consider the move, luckily for him then, that he didn't require any thinking time. For me, Arsenal is one of the biggest clubs in the world, so there's no reason at all to say no to them, he states. It's as simple as that. When I had the offer, I just wanted to be part of Arsenal. I wanted to play at a higher level. So, I'm grateful to be given this chance by Arsenal. I just could not believe it when I found out. I was very excited as soon as I knew, and I didn't need to call anyone or speak to anyone for advice. It was an easy choice for me, because, well, it's Arsenal. I didn't even have time to speak to the manager before signing the contract, and I didn't need to. I wanted to come. Once the deal was agreed, Tommy had to wait a few more days to get to know his teammates, as he was on international duty with Japan, winning his 24th cap for his country. Then it was straight into action at London Colney. Yes, I arrived only a few days before, trained with the team only once before the game, but my teammates were all very kind to me and helped me a lot. So it feels like I'm already part of the team. I have played against Nicolas Pepe for the national team before. So I knew about him, but nobody else really. I know I need to adapt more, both to the football and to life in London. But I know I can do that soon with the support I have. The Premier League didn't come as a total shock to him though. Growing up, he always took an interest in English football. Due to mainly his long-time friend and central defensive partner in the Japan national side, Maya Yoshida. Actually, I don't watch a lot of football, he continues. But it's true, I've always liked the Premier League. 
I think that's because Maya Yoshida was playing for Southampton for about seven or eight years, I think. So I used to watch him a lot. He's a good friend of mine and I played with him in the national team as well. So I always asked him a lot of things about the Premier League, what it was like to play in for him. I learned a lot of things from him. If I talk about the Premier League now, it's Maya Yoshida who comes to my mind first. He's a defender too. We play next to each other. So of course I'm wanting to learn from him about the things away from the pitch as well. It's a different compatriot though, Shinzi Okazaki, whom Tommy dreams of emulating during his Gunners career. Okazaki was part of the Leicester side that won the title in 2017 and that's what Tommy has set his sights on. Yes, of course, my dream is to win the Premier League. It's my biggest dream. Also to win the Champions League is a big dream for me. I will try to give everything to achieve that. I just want to be better every day. I have to learn from other players, from the coaches, and that's it. Keep learning and trying to get better. I'm a defender, so I want to make clean sheets every game. The most important thing is to take three points. If we make clean sheets, it only takes one goal to win. My focus is on making clean sheets. That's exactly what he did on his debut against Norwich. And in playing in that game, Tommy became only the third Japanese player to appear for our first team after Junichi Imamoto and Ryo Michiachi. But after those two managed only modest Gunners careers, 11 first team outings between them, our new arrival is sure he can buck that trend. I have to, he smiles. I have the confidence to succeed here and I have to work hard to ensure I can be a successful player from Japan at Arsenal. Tommy certainly won't be short of support as he tries to achieve his ambitions at Arsenal. Our fans across the world have already taken to his committed style, but the Japanese Arsenal Supporters Club in particular are proud to see Tommy at the club. Haha, <laughs> yes, I know they are excited. I hope they are, he grins. To be playing at Arsenal has a lot of meaning for all the Japanese people, but to be honest, I don't have to focus too much on that attention from fans. I have to focus on playing well and working well here. It is true that the Japanese people are very passionate about football. I think it's the biggest sport at home, that or baseball. But at the moment, I feel it's football and playing in front of fans of any nationality at the moment is a real boost for Tommy. Most of his Bologna career in Serie A was played in empty stadiums, but the fans' absence was most keenly felt at the Tokyo Olympics in the summer. Having targeted playing in the football tournament at his home games for some time, he knew qualifying for the under-23s competition by a couple of years, the experience lost some of its gloss due to the lack of live crowds. As well as the incredible atmosphere the Japanese fans would have undoubtedly have created, their presence could have also spurred the national side to a medal, rather than narrowly missing out and finishing fourth. Yes, we missed them a lot at the Olympics. I was looking forward to the Olympics for a long time, of course, because it was in Japan. So it would have been really nice to have the supporters there. I was disappointed about that. But what can we do? I think we would have had a better chance winning with our supporters there as well. But it was still a good experience for me and to reach the semi-finals. I played in Italy without any fans. And in the last international break, I played for Japan against China in Qatar without anybody in the crowd. So it's good to have them back now. That made it extra special for me on my debut in London. Personally, I find the supporters always help me to give more. They energise me more. They help me a lot. 
One question many fans have about our Japanese edition is where he will play. Regularly a centre-back for his country, he has played full-back in his two Premier League outings to date. But he says he's even more versatile than that. I think I will play right-back more at Arsenal. But for me, it doesn't matter which position I play. I can play as a central defender. Also left-back sometimes. I can play there too. So for me, it's not important what position I take. I just want to play. But whether I play at centre-back or at right-back, football is still football. It doesn't change a lot around the positions. Always you have to play with your brain. You have to be clever in every position in defence. When I was young, I was a striker actually. Then in high school, I was a midfielder. But now I'm a defender. So the most important thing for me is to play every game to show my value in every training session and hopefully be in the team. The first two games successfully negotiated, now Tommy wants to get on with the real business of keeping Premier League forwards quiet. I think we have really good defenders here, but we just need that confidence to defend well together. I think if we play with a lot of passion in every game and do our job how we have to do it, we will make a lot of clean sheets this season, like we did against Norwich. It's always up to us. We are the ones who can make it happen. Now we have to do it. Red, white and green. Sustainability focus. Arsenal Football Club has a vision to lead the sporting community in a quest to a more sustainable future. And the matchday programme is taking the lead. Working with CarbonLink in Kenya, this season's issue is offsetting the emissions generated during the programme production process, creating the Arsenal Forest in Africa. The programme is also sponsoring small environmental projects around the club, as well as encouraging young fans and staff members to tell us about their green credentials. We are also highlighting our printer's environmental efforts. In addition, in each programme we showcase significant club-wide projects being undertaken as part of our drive to greater sustainability. This issue. Why the club joined the UNFCCC. How are our printers cutting down on paper wastage? The Arsenal Forest. Meet some of the team in Kenya. Staff members' cosmetic concerns. Who's won an octopus? What's our green gain this issue? Bishop's backing. Arsenal's programme print partner, Bishop's Printers, are considered one of the most environmentally conscious printers in the UK. Here we highlight their sustainability credentials. Bishop's have invested in impress control technology to minimise paper waste during the production of the programme. This has enabled them to cut their on-press paper waste by one-third. Every scrap of paper that is trimmed from the programme is automatically collected and pumped into recycling bins to maintain the paper cycle. Green gain by game. You need a bit of bottle to win the North London derby, so we're providing it. Kind of. In an effort to cut down single-use plastic, we've donated 25 Arsenal water bottles to our programme sellers today for them to use all season. Perfect in this sunny September weather too. Remember the projection we reported earlier this season? It's expected there will be a greater weight of plastic in the oceans than fish by 2050. We must all do our bit to stop using single-use plastic. Meet the Arsenal Forest team. 
To offset the carbon consumption of the production of the Matchday programme, we are working with not-for-profit reforestation organisation CarbonLink, who have estimated we need to plant 12,500 trees, each absorbing 20 kilograms of CO2 over the next 10 years. In this issue, we get to know some of the team over in Kenya who are putting the scheme together. Alex Katana is the Bore production manager and a great guy, with 16 years' experience of supervising community forestry projects in this region. He has all the skills needed to ensure that the planting is done well and that the neem seedlings will survive to maturity. Alex works with the local workers' cooperative called the Bore Green Umbrella. Their main job is to ensure that any project benefits, such as employment in planting the trees, are shared out equally amongst all sectors in the community. They have 3,000 farmer members and a management committee of 12, with a female chair. The key propagation work is done by an all-woman nursery team. As Arsenal take on Tottenham at the Emirates, they will be in the process of filling pots with soil in preparation for the upcoming seeding. And a special mention for two more members of the team. Musa is the nursery night watchman, and he's the friendliest guy you'll ever meet, while Morris helps move the seedlings from the nursery to the planting site. All means of transport are used for this job, including bikes, donkey carts, or even borrowing a friend's car. Grow your own. CarbonLink have already received a number of orders for trees from supporters, Wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest, thanks so much for getting involved in this exciting project. We want to expand our 12.5-acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 trees for £50, or 100 trees for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction, and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what an excellent gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Go to www.carbonlink.org forward slash the hyphen arsenal hyphen forest hyphen in hyphen Africa for more info and details of how to be a part of our forest. Signing for UNFCCC Last year, Arsenal Football Club made a very important commitment to reducing their environmental impact. On October 1st, 2020, Arsenal became the first Premier League team to sign up to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, Sports for Climate Action, the UNFCCC. By doing so, the club made a bold step to commit to action to work towards reducing the environmental impact and to inspire change across the millions of global fans. The UNFCCC ultimate objective is to achieve the stabilisation of greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere at a level that would prevent dangerous interference with the climate system. In simple terms, it is to try to prevent climate change. The Sports for Climate Action group is designed to take action, but also to use the power of sport to influence and inspire clubs, stadia, leagues and governing bodies and all the millions of fans and participants across the globe. By committing to the UNFCCC, Arsenal have agreed to take the following principles. Principle 1. 
undertake systematic efforts to promote greater environmental responsibility. Principle 2. Reduce overall climate impact. Principle 3. Educate for climate action. Principle 4. Promote sustainable and responsible consumption. Principle 5. Advocate for climate action through communication. These are both challenging and exciting principles. Throughout the season, we will be telling our story as we take steps, some large and some small, towards reducing our environmental impact. You have already heard about the reduction in single-use plastic waste through our reusable cup initiative and then the water recycling system we have been using. And there are other examples, such as the work being done by our energy partner, Octopus Energy, who have recently been working with Arsenal in the community to release an educational programme around reducing our environmental impact. We hope to be able to deliver this across the various educational programmes that are delivered every week by the staff and coaches at Arsenal in the community. As we progress on our journey towards a carbon-neutral operation, we will be looking at our energy consumption, our waste and procurement. Arsenal staff are being encouraged to make changes to how they work and to provide innovative, sustainable solutions to everyday tasks. We have already seen the addition of electric groundskeeping equipment, carbon offsetting for the supporter loyalty card, and the removal of all single-use paper cups from the offices. And of course, the great work being done with the Matchday programme, including carbon offsetting the production. This is just the start, as we continue our quest to integrate sustainability into every aspect of the club. Staff Support Every issue of the programme, we find out what Arsenal staff are doing to become more sustainable. Lou Grace, HR business partner, tells us how she is making a difference. I am swapping out my cosmetics and toiletries to be more sustainable, says Lou. For example, changing deodorant to a more sustainable one that has a reusable applicator with a changeable deodorant refill that is compostable and natural. It's much better for the skin. I've also changed shampoos and conditioner to solid bars to reduce plastic usage and looked at skincare brands and chosen the most sustainable option. This is brilliant work, Lou. We're super proud of your efforts. Eco Gunners We ask young Arsenal supporters to tell us how they are helping the planet. Lexi, age 7, says, We have a recycling bin and a food waste bin that both have flip-top lids. Daddy pretends they're monsters who want to eat our cardboard or banana skins. My youngest sister thinks that's more fun than putting the things we can't recycle in a rubbish sack. Most of what we use at home goes in the monsters who burp when they're full. We recycle loads at school as well, but those bins don't burp. Well done, Lex. Octopus Energy, our official energy supplier, who are supporting the club on its sustainability journey, are sending you a cuddly octopus. Are you a young gunner who is thinking about the environment? Email juniorgunners at arsenal.co.uk now. If we feature you in the programme, our friends at Octopus will send you one too. Community Voice Arsenal in the community engages more than 5,000 participants every week 
Each issue, we hear about one of our projects from their perspective. Jack is a 14-year-old from Islington who enjoys being part of the community programme Open Access Drop-In Sessions. I started doing sessions with Arsenal in the community at primary school about seven years ago. Through that, I started doing a community outreach session near Upper Street and have now moved to the Arsenal Hub. I wasn't aware of the sessions before we got involved. Since then, I have looked to get involved in as many things as possible. I've always been an Arsenal fan because of my granddad. I wanted to play as much as I could, so when I found out that I could play in Arsenal programmes, I was really excited. My favourite time with Arsenal was when some of the players came to an event I was at. Jack Wilshire, Mohamed Elneny and Callum Chambers. They took part in our activity day. The players all had to go on the ukulele. I've played for Arsenal in the community at some tournaments. The biggest was probably the trip to Chelsea's training ground. There were some activity days where Arsenal arranged for different groups to come and deliver to us, including music and dance. They have also given tickets to a lot of matches, which is great, including the Arsenal Legends versus Real Madrid. I get on with everyone in my group. I know a few from school, but the ones I didn't know before have all been really welcoming and supportive. When I first started, the coaches were Dan, Luke and Dylan. Dan was with us right up until last year, and Luke is still there. All the staff have been nice and really supportive, including the hub staff, who are welcoming every week. I love taking part in sessions. I look forward to it every week and was really glad when it came back after the break for Covid. It makes me happy to be involved in my football club and my granddad would be very proud of me for what I've achieved so far. I would definitely tell people to get involved. I have loved the last seven years and I'm very proud to be able to go and represent Arsenal. Luke Howard, Arsenal in the Community Disability Officer, said this of the club's relationship with Jack. It's been a brilliant journey with Jack over the last seven years, which has gone across multiple venues and projects. When we were speaking to Jack, it was really enjoyable remembering different things we've been involved in together and looking at how Jack and his mother, Karen, have grabbed hold of every opportunity that has come their way. Seeing the photos of Jack representing himself and the club with pride and the positive energy he brings to everything he does is great. The last year and a half has been tricky from all perspectives, but seeing how readily Jack and his mum jumped back into sessions as soon as they were up and running was really motivating for all of us, as it reminded everyone how much their programmes have been missed. Foundation Voice The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation's Emergency Covid Fund has helped with Compassion, a charity that has set up kitchens around London to cook meals for those in need. Founder Leon Arts tells us about it. I'm from the Netherlands, but I lived near Emirates Stadium until recently moving to East London as part of my job, something we'll come to later. 
I've been involved in charity work for years. I set up my first charity in 2009 to help feed children in developing countries, and I've worked with refugee camps since then. But in early 2020, just before the first lockdown, I realised a lot of people in London were going to be hungry. That's when I founded With Compassion. We found a kitchen and put a post on Facebook. We contacted restaurants and surplus food charities, and immediately we had a lot of volunteers, everyone from chefs to van drivers to lawyers. We cooked and packed meals every morning, then delivered them to people's houses and other food charities for distribution. We've expanded quickly and have been blessed to have hundreds of volunteers help us cook and distribute more than 650,000 meals. I'd estimate we have helped 30,000 people since March 2020. There was a dip in demand last summer, but I think that was down to charities closing down or moving, plus volunteers returning to work or going on holiday. Demand is still sky high, and we've seen that through the second lockdown. The donation from the Arsenal Foundation helped us across the board and we stretched the money as far as we could on food supplies and materials we couldn't get from surplus charities, spices, baking paper and so on, plus diesel for the refrigerated vans we were loaned. If anything, we're now expanding further. We are now part of the Felix Project and I've set up a base in East London called Felix's Kitchen. The food we have provided has been a lifeline for many people, and I am proud of what we have achieved. Last year, within a week of our first Facebook post, I had a direct message from a single mother who was a cancer survivor with a three-year-old. She was isolating, and they'd been living on ice cream for three days, but we were able to help get meals to her, even though they were on the opposite side of London. I'm also proud of the number of people who have volunteered to help others. The pandemic has been terrible for a lot of people, but the help we have given each other is one beautiful thing to have come out of it. I think the work the Arsenal Foundation has done during the pandemic is so important. Football clubs come from their communities and, whether they have millions of fans or 100, football is about the fans. Fans are human beings, and life is about human beings helping each other. Is that simple? Find With Compassion on Facebook or at underscore With Compassion on Twitter. Academy Young Gun Matthias Roberts The Basics Name Matthias Roberts, born 30th of November 2004, joined 4th of July 2013, height and weight 5 foot 11 inches 75 kilograms, position midfielder, school Harrow School. I was born into a massive football crazy family, so it felt like I was always going to love the game. One of my first memories is playing inside the house with a sponge ball along with my brother. I just always had a ball at my feet when I was young, and I'd take one with me basically wherever I went too. I think having those roots has helped me build up my love of the game. I can still remember the first time I went to watch the Arsenal first team. It was a Champions League match against Montpellier, the one in which Lucas Podolski scored that volley. 
I'll always remember the moment the ball hit the net and the crowd went crazy. Being inside the stadium for the first time and hearing the atmosphere in the ground just gave me a massive motivation. I think that night I was truly hit by how big football is to people. What a huge part of people's lives it is. This season, I've stepped up to under-18 level and things are going well. The main difference is definitely the speed of the game. It's a lot faster at under-18 level, so you have to get used to that. Technically, I believe I can play at this level and higher, but that change in speed is what I've noticed the most. I feel like I've adapted well to it so far. I've really enjoyed spending more time at London Colney. To be honest, it's something I've looked forward to for years. To finish school and now play football full-time was my dream, and I'm living it now. It's a good feeling when you wake up in the morning and remember that you have the opportunity to go and play football. I think representing Wales has helped me to acclimatise too. I qualify to play for them through my granddad on my dad's side, who was born and raised in Wales. I recently played against England in a friendly, and it was good to be back with the boys and the coaches who I know well. It makes me really proud to play for Wales, and I'd probably say that my proudest moment in football so far was when I made my first international appearance at under-16 level. I feel like my experiences at Arsenal have helped me with Wales, and my experiences with Wales have helped me at Arsenal. They go hand in hand with each other, and that's helped me to improve. When you're on international duty, playing against teams from all over Europe, you learn about different styles of play. There's a different environment, and they prepare for matches differently. There was a day before a game recently where we went to a pitch and just walked through set pieces. It makes you realise how many details are involved in the game and how just one of those can make the difference between winning and losing. Now I'm really trying to concentrate on the small details, at Arsenal and with Wales, which has helped me. As I mentioned, I'm proud to represent Wales and there's a few players at senior level who I look up to. One is of course Aaron Ramsey, who was here at Arsenal for years and achieved so much when he was at the club. He plays in the same position as me, and I watch a lot of his games to learn as much as I can from him. I've spoken to Ethan Ampadu a few times too, when we've been around the first team. He's taught me a few things, especially a few valuable lessons in terms of what he's taken from his career so far. He's still young, but he's done a lot in the game. I asked him what his experiences of stepping up from schoolboy football were like, and what he told me actually relates to what I've experienced so far. It helped me get an insight of what it would be like when I got to London Colney. I spoke to Joe Wilcock and Bakayo in lockdown too. They talked me through their memories of stepping up from Hale End to Colney and I think that gave me a bit of an advantage when I arrived full-time at the training ground. Hopefully in time, I'll be able to emulate what they've achieved. Around the Academy. Both Gunners Academy sides travelled away from home last Saturday and recorded excellent results against traditionally two of the country's most accomplished academy teams. The under 23s produced a remarkable 6 1 win away to Chelsea, playing more than half of the game with 10 men. The fantastic result at Kings Meadows started with following Balogun being hauled down in the penalty area after just six minutes seeing his penalty saved but tapping home the rebound. Within 20 minutes, he had assisted Mika Bereth, 
and scored another himself before defender Omar Rikic was sent off on 36 minutes to give Chelsea a chance of finding their way back into the game. But Kevin Betsy's men were having none of it and Bereth grabbed his second on the stroke of half-time before getting a memorable hat-trick with 15 minutes of the match remaining. A sixth came from a Lewis Hall own goal before Chelsea finally made their numerical advantage count with a consolation goal from Jaden Wareham in injury time. It was a remarkable performance from the under-23s, particularly considering their first match of the season was a 6-1 reverse at West Ham. New coach Betsy's ideas would appear to have taken hold quickly, with a talented group now having registered three consecutive wins. Speaking of West Ham, Arsenal travelled to play their under-18s in the Premier League Cup and came away with a last-gasp victory. In a much tighter contest, chances were few and far between in the first half. Marcelo Flores had a good effort blocked for the Gunners. But we took the lead after the restart when Flores played a lovely through ball for Kyan Edwards, who beat the last man and kept his call to slot home the opener. Charles Sago Jr. then had a close-range effort disallowed for offside, and when Divin Mubama slotted home a penalty on 81 minutes, it looked like the game would end in a stalemate. Sago Jr. had other ideas though and finished a flowing move expertly with almost the last kick of the game for a thrilling finale. Come and watch the under-23s at the Emirates. Our under-23s match against Brighton and Hove Albion this Friday, October 1st, takes place at Emirates. And the free-scoring team would love as much support as possible. The match kicks off at 3pm and there will be unreserved seating in the lower tier only. Supporters are advised to purchase their tickets in advance. They will not be on sale on the night. Free tickets were available to members up until last Friday. If you purchase tickets, access to the stadium will be via your Arsenal membership card. Print-at-home tickets are now on general sale priced. Adults £4. Concessions over 65s or under 16s £2. Get well soon, Brooke. Exciting young right-back, Brooke Norton Cuffey has had a small operation on his left knee and is expected to be out of action for around six weeks. The 17-year-old young professional has already made a big impression at the academy, breaking into the Premier League 2 team last season when still a first-year scholar and also playing in the EFL Trophy. We wish Brooke a speedy recovery. Oh my Omar Did you know there is a full Tunisia international at Arsenal now? In June, defender Omar Rikic played for the Eagles of Carthage against Mali and the 20-year-old helped his team keep a clean sheet to a 1-0 win. Congratulations, Omar. A storybook ending. News of the World, March 1971. Arsenal historian John Sperling reveals the story behind a famous newspaper headline. In the lead-up to double-chasing Arsenal's pivotal FA Cup semi-final with Stoke City at Hillsborough, midfielder Peter Storey vowed to avenge the Gunners' humiliating 5-0 defeat at the Victoria Ground in the league earlier that season. A defeat like that is a blot on our record this season, and we will be determined to rub it out. Arsenal's designated penalty taker told the Evening Standard. One thing's for sure, we will be mentally prepared for them this time. We will be treating them just like Leeds. The England International concluded the interview by adding, 
Nothing would give me greater pleasure than to stick one, a penalty, past England goalkeeper Gordon Banks in the semi-final, story told the standard. That would really be something, wouldn't it? They proved to be prophetic words. For the first 20 minutes of the game, the teams indulged in a phony war, playing keep ball and knocking the ball around in neat triangles. Then, on 20 minutes, Tony Waddington Stoke drew first blood. Goalkeeper Bob Wilson turned Jimmy Greenhoff's effort around the post and from Harry Burrow's corner, Stoke centre-half Dennis Smith nudged it on. Arsenal half-cleared their lines, but the ball only rolled back out towards Smith, with Storey the last line of defence in front of Wilson. Storey toe-poked the ball against Smith's ankle and watched in horror as it ballooned upwards and looped over Wilson into the top right-hand corner of the goal. Nine minutes later, Burrows flicked on a long ball from defence, which was intercepted by Charlie George midway inside his own half. Controlling the ball on his chest, he opted to pass the ball back to Wilson. It fell agonisingly short, and John Ritchie nipped in, took the ball around Wilson and slotted the ball into the empty net in front of the ecstatic Stoke fans who were shoehorned in the Leppings Lane end. As a shell-shocked Arsenal limped towards half-time, their double dreams hung by a thread. Arsenal clawed their way back into the match shortly after John Mahoney missed a golden opportunity to increase Stoke's lead. A George Armstrong throw was hooked onwards by Ray Kennedy and the ball was nodded clear to the edge of the box where Storey lurked with intent. The Arsenal midfielder cracked the ball on the half volley and it took a slight deflection as it rocketed past Banks. It was a sublime finish. With 90 minutes up, referee Pat Partridge added two minutes of injury time. With the game in its death throes, Armstrong floated over a corner, which Frank McClintock nodded powerfully to the left of Banks, who couldn't get near the header. Instead, Welsh defender John Mahoney dived to push the ball away with his hand. Partridge pointed to the spot. Banks later talked of a sense of fatalism washing over him. The pendulum had swung. As the Arsenal players hugged one another in celebration at the penalty being awarded, Storey knew that he still has his job to do from the spot. It was one of those defining moments, which I sensed would live with me forever, he later recalled. Miss and Arsenal would be out of the FA Cup, and I'd never hear the end of it. The Steel City was a suitably raw and unvarnished venue for the player his teammates labelled Cold Eyes to stamp his mark indelibly in Arsenal's long history. Story skipped slightly as he approached the ball and drove it straight down the middle to Banks' left as the England keeper shifted his body weight to the right. Framed by the spy-on cop behind him, Story immediately stopped dead as he dispatched the ball, throwing his hands into the air. It was 2-2. Arsenal had saved themselves and forced a replay. Such was Bertie Mee's sense of relief that he later told the Sunday Times' Rob Hughes, I feel like I have won the FA Cup itself after today. Gordon Banks spoke confidently afterwards about finishing the job at Villa Park in the replay three days later. But we knew that we had them, claimed Ray Kennedy, and I think they did too. At Villa Park in front of 60,000, a header from George Graham and a tap-in from Ray Kennedy, Banks barely moved for either goal, 
meant that Arsenal went to Wembley to face Bill Shankly's Liverpool. Down the years, Peter Storey downplayed his role in the semi-final, insisting that he simply did his job. The drama of the events at Hillsborough led to some memorable headlines. In the Sunday Times, Brian Glanville claimed, Arsenal's penalty unmakes history. Other newspapers preferred to focus on the hero of the hour's surname. Story, story, hallelujah, was one offering, but perhaps the tall, bespectacled Reg Drury's headline in the News of the World, a storybook ending, captured the mood best. In the article, Drury waxed lyrical about Arsenal's fight and determination, though he did describe the Gunners as being lucky. He also spoke of Story's day of personal glory. Arsenal's team ethic that season was phenomenal and even now players confirm that no one was bigger than the team. But in individual games that campaign, different players came to the fore at different times, meaning that certain matches were destined to become their signature 90 minutes. Hillsborough rightly belongs to Story, even the man himself known for his insistence on getting on with the task, admits in his autobiography, it can be all too convenient to claim you win as a team and lose as a team. That way of thinking can soften the blow for a player who has cocked things up. Yes, it is a team game, but sometimes individuals must show bottle. As well as being the cup story of the season, as Drury put it, it was the day on which Arsenal came through with flying colours after their credentials, quite literally, were put on the spot. Arsenal Women Captain C made easy. As we reported in the AFC Wimbledon programme, Leah Williamson captained England in a World Cup qualifier over North Macedonia on Friday, September 17th, leading her team to a very comfortable 8-0 win, with our own Beth Mead getting the last goal of the game. Leah then kept the armband as Serena Weichmann's team travelled to Luxembourg for their second game of qualification going two better this time with a thumping 10-0 triumph, Nikita Paris grabbing a goal and an assist, and Mead coming on a substitute to provide two quick-fire assists. I think you could say Leah's time with the armband has been a resounding success so far, though there are greater challenges ahead in qualification with Austria, Northern Ireland and Latvia, also in England's group as they aim to qualify for the 2023 World Cup, held in Australia and New Zealand. On paper, Austria are likely to be their most difficult opponents, and Gunners goalkeeper Manuel Zinsberger was in goal for the 8-1 and 6-0 away wins over Latvia and North Macedonia respectively. Viv saves the Dutch Elsewhere in World Cup qualifying, it took an 83rd-minute equaliser from Holland to earn a point at home to the Czech Republic, and of course it was Vivian Maidima who prevented a shock win for the Czechs. Congrats, Mana! Mana Iwabuchi's goal against PSV was voted Arsenal.com's August Goal of the Month. 
the Japanese international scored a stunning solo goal in the UEFA Women's Champions League, twisting away from her marker before firing into the top corner. Iwabuchi's strike finished with 64% of the votes cast, with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's against West Brom finishing in second place. It was two out of the top three for Arsenal women, with Viviane Maydima's goal against PSV being voted into third place. Today's other big game. A reminder that within minutes of today's game here at the Emirates ending, the action will kick off at Meadow Park as Jonas Eideval's team take on Manchester City in a mouth-watering encounter. The game kicks off at 6.45pm and is live on Sky Sports. Make sure you find a way to cheer on the team in what's a crucial Women's Super League fixture. Tottenham on Wednesday Then there's another enticing home encounter on Wednesday, when Tottenham Hotspur visit Meadow Park in the Vitality Women's FA Cup quarter-final kick-off at 7.15pm. Last season's FA Cup has run over into the current campaign due to Covid difficulties and a victory on Wednesday would put us into the last four of the 2021 tournament. This game forms part of the Arsenal women's membership, but for non-members, tickets can be purchased via arsenal.com up to the day of the game for £8 for adults and £4 for concessions. Buying tickets on the day of the game is up to 25% more expensive. 2021-22 fixtures Home games are played at Meadow Park Borehamwood Football Club. The home game against Tottenham on March the 27th is at Emirates Stadium. Matches kick off at 3pm unless stated otherwise. August 18th, FC Ogjeptas, 4-0. August 21st, PSV Eindhoven, 3-1. August 31st, home, Slavia Prague, 3-0. September 5th, home, Chelsea, 3-2. September 9th, Slavia Prague, 5.30pm, 4-0. September 12th, Reading, 4-0. September 26th, Home, Manchester City, 6.45pm. September 29th, Home, Tottenham Hotspur. October 3rd, Aston Villa, 12.30pm. October 5th, Barcelona, 4.45pm. October 10th, Home, Everton. October 14th, home, Hoffenheim, 7pm. November 6th, home, West Ham United. November 10th, HB Cogue, 4.45pm. November 14th, Tottenham Hotspur. November 17th, home, HB Cogue, 7pm. November 21st, Manchester United. December 9th, home, Barcelona, 7pm. December 12th, home, Leicester City. December 15th, Hoffenheim, 7pm. December 19th, home, Brighton and Hove, Albion. January 9th, Birmingham City. January 16th, home, Reading. January 23rd, Manchester City. February 6th, home, Manchester United. February 13th, Chelsea. March 4th, home, Birmingham City. March 13th, Brighton and Hove, Albion. March 27th, home, Tottenham Hotspur.
April 3rd, Leicester City. April 24th, Home, Everton. May 1st, Home, Aston Villa. May 7th, West Ham United. Visitors. Tottenham Hotspur by Mike Hammond. Formed 1882. Nickname, the Lily Whites. Owner, Enic International. Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Honours, Div 1 times 2, Div 2 times 2, FA Cup times 8, League Cup times 4, UEFA Cup times 2, UCWC times 1. Top of the Premier League with nine points after three matches under new head coach Nuno Espirito Santo. Tottenham's progress has stalled in their last two league games, losing both 3-0, firstly to Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park, and then, last Sunday, at home to Chelsea. It goes without saying that they will be eager to avoid a third successive London derby defeat against an Arsenal team making moves in the opposite direction. Spurs pipped the Gunners to a place in Europe on the final day last season, a 4-2 win at Leicester City, enabling them to hold on to seventh spot, one point above Arsenal, and secure a place as England's first representatives in the new UEFA Europa Conference League. In general, it was a troubled campaign for the club, with the season ending under the caretaker managership of Ryan Mason, following the dismissal of Jose Mourinho in April. Mourinho was dismissed just a few days after Tottenham faced Manchester City in the final of the EFL Cup, which they lost 1-0 to prolong the club's trophy drought to 13 years. An erratic run of form in the Premier League prompted Mourinho's downfall, although earlier exits from the FA Cup, 5-4 after extra time at Everton, and the Europa League, with a 3-0 second-leg drubbing at Dynamo Zagreb, were also factors. Tottenham were linked with a number of high-profile candidates for the job of leading the team into this campaign, before eventually tying up a deal with another Portuguese, Nuno, who had left Wolves earlier in the summer. The new man got off to the perfect start, with a 1-0 home win against champions Manchester City, which he then followed with further successes at ex-club Wolves and at home to Watford, before two recent defeats. Outside of the Premier League, Spurs secured a spot in the Europa Conference League group stage by overturning a 1-0 first-leg defeat in the playoffs at Portuguese side Pacos de Ferreira to win 3-1 on aggregate. They then started their group campaign with a 2-2 draw at Rennes. In the EFL Cup, they were back at Molyneux on Wednesday night, where they aged into the last 16 with a win on penalties after a 2-2 draw in normal time. The boss, Nuno Espirito Santo. Head coach, born January the 25th in 1974 in Sao Tome and Principe. Previously, Rio Ave, 2012-14, Valencia, 2014-15, Porto, 2016-17, Wolves, 2017-21. Nuno was appointed as Tottenham's head coach on June the 30th, securing a two-year contract after an impressive four-year spell at Wolves, with whom he achieved promotion to the Premier League 
and two successive qualifications for the Europa League, reaching the quarterfinals in 2019-20. A former goalkeeper who was in Portugal's Euro 2008 squad but never won a senior cap, Nuno was mostly a backup during his playing career, but as a manager he has made it to centre stage, making his mark at Rio Ave, Valencia and former club Porto, before increasing his profile considerably at Molyneux. Leading them out, Hugo Lloris, goalkeeper, born, Nice, France, 26th of December 1986, previously Nice, Lyon. France's World Cup winning captain in 2018, Hugo has now been capped 132 times by Les Bleus, just 10 shy of Lillian Thuram's national record, and will complete a decade as a Spurs player at the end of this season, having joined in 2012 from Lyon as a French Cup winner, his last club trophy. The 34-year-old became the first Tottenham player to reach 300 Premier League appearances in the recent 1-0 win at Wolves. The goal machine, Harry Kane, attacker. Born, Chingford, 28th of July 1993. Previously, Leighton Orient on loan, Millwall on loan, Norwich on loan, Leicester on loan. The top scorer in the history of the North London derby with 11 goals, Harry is regarded as the finest English striker of his generation. The captain of his country, he was the Golden Boot winner at the 2018 World Cup, a four-goal marksman at Euro 2020, and has now found the net 41 times in 64 games for England. He boasts a club record 166 Premier League goals for Spurs, but has yet to score in the competition this season. Asia's finest. Song Hyung Min. Born Chuncheon, South Korea. 8th of July 1992. Previously, Hamburg, Bayer Leverkusen. Widely recognised as one of Asia's greatest ever footballers, with a host of Continental Player of the Year prizes to prove it, the pacey two-footed South Korea international joined Spurs from Bayer Leverkusen in 2015 and has become a major hit with his tireless industry and eye for goal. The 29-year-old scored a personal best tally of 17 Premier League goals last term and has already struck twice this season in addition to his pre-season friendly winner against Arsenal. The midfield enforcer, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. Born Copenhagen, Denmark, 5th of August 1995. Previously Bayern Munich, Augsburg on loan, Schalke on loan, Southampton. After four years as a passionate Premier League servant to Southampton, the last six months as club captain, former Bayern Munich prodigy Pierre-Emile left to join Tottenham on a five-year deal last year, and has proved to be an outstanding addition to the Spurs' ranks, not missing a minute of Premier League action throughout his debut campaign. A dependable defensive midfielder, he starred for Denmark at Euro 2020, and now has 50 international caps. Box-to-box powerhouse. Tangai Ndombele, midfielder. Born Long Yumu, France, 28th of December 1996. Previously, Amiens, Lyon. The physically imposing French midfielder became Tottenham's record signing when he joined for £55.4 million in July 2019. 
he had spent the previous two seasons at Lyon, the first on loan from Amiens, winning a place in the official 2018-19 League One team of the year. Tanguy has since earned seven senior caps for France, despite the intense competition for midfield places in Didier Deschamps' side. He made his first Premier League start of the season last weekend against Chelsea and scored his first goal of the season at Molyneux on Wednesday night. New boy from Brazil, Emerson Royal defender, born Sao Paulo, Brazil, 14th of January 1999, previously Ponte Preta, Atletico Mineiro, Barcelona, Real Betis on loan. Signed from Barcelona on transfer deadline day for a fee reported to be around the £25 million mark, Brazil international right-back Emerson has had a brutal introduction to Premier League football, losing both of his first two matches 3-0. However, the 22-year-old is considered a hot prospect, having starred on loan at Real Betis in La Liga over the past two seasons and being drafted into Brazil's Copa America squad on home soil this summer. Renaissance man, Deli Ali, midfielder, born Milton Keynes, 11th of April 1996, previously MK Dons. A Tottenham player since 2015 when he joined after impressing as a goal-scoring midfielder at hometown club MK Dons, Deli soon established himself as not only a leading Premier League attraction for Spurs, but also a regular England international, appearing at Euro 2016 and the 2018 World Cup. However, he then lost his way somewhat and has only recently begun to rediscover former glories, his winning penalty at Wolves last month bringing him a first Premier League goal since March 2020. The low knee, Cristian Romero, defender. Born Cordoba, Argentina, 27th of April 1998. Previously Belgrano, Genoa, Juventus, Atalanta. Christian joined Spurs on a season-long loan with an option to buy in August, preferring to pursue his career in England rather than in the Champions League with parent club Atalanta. A tough, resilient young centre-back, he was voted Serie A Defender of the Year last season before going on to help Argentina win the Copa America in Brazil. He made his first Premier League start in Tottenham's 3-0 defeat against Chelsea last Sunday. Scouting Report by Michael Cox At Wolverhampton Wanderers, Nuno Espirito Santo was renowned for sticking with a three-man defence, but thus far at Tottenham, he's remained committed to a bank four. What has happened higher up the pitch, however, has varied dramatically. Nuno has used a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1, and even a diamond midfield, although we're unlikely to see a repeat of that approach after a disastrous performance in a 3-0 loss at Crystal Palace. Last weekend's 3-0 loss to Chelsea was much more positive, however, despite the same scoreline. Tottenham dominated the opening to the game by pressing in advanced positions and finding pockets of space either side of Chelsea's midfield. We may see a similar approach here. Harry Kane is now the top goal scorer in North London derbies 
and will be expected to lead the line here, although last weekend against Chelsea, he was actually deployed in an unusual inside-left position in an attempt to drag Andreas Christensen up the pitch. That meant Song Hyung Min played higher up the pitch, attempting to use his speed in the channels, while Giovanni Lo Celso dropped deep from the right. Nuno would probably prefer to use a natural winger on the right, however. Lukas Moura and Steven Bergwin have both been out injured, while newcomer Brian Gill is still awaiting his first Premier League start. All three would provide a counter-attacking threat. Spurs were excellent on the break in a 1-0 win over Manchester City on the opening day, with Lucas particularly bright so far this season. Nuno hasn't yet found the right midfield balance. In the loss to Crystal Palace, the trio of Pierre-Emile Hoybiog, Oliver Skip and Harry Winks felt a little flat, but the use of Tangai and Dombele against Chelsea provided more opportunities for forward running and quick transitions. Ali was used at the top of the diamond against Palace, but has generally been used in a deeper role, where his battling qualities have been more evident than his goal-scoring skills. Hoibjerg has been excellent in the screening role in front of the defence. Spurs kept three consecutive clean sheets in the first three games of the season, with a back four of Javit Tanganga, Davinson Sanchez, Eric Dyer and Sergio Regulon. Since then, however, chopping and changing has caused problems. Newcomer Emerson Royal has come into the side at right back, which meant Tanganga shifting into the middle against Palace, where he collected the red card which changed the game. Dyer limped off injured against Palace and was replaced by Joe Royden, with Ben Davis also introduced at centre-back after Tanganga's dismissal. Tanganga was replaced by a second new signing, Christian Romero against Chelsea. In summary, it remains to be seen what Nuna's first choice back four is, although captain Hugo Lloris is still first choice in goal and should move ahead of the late Jimmy Greaves and into Tottenham's top ten all-time record appearance makers later this season. USP Tight Lines Nuno's use of his three forwards has been interesting so far this season, Without possession, they've played extremely narrow, often covering no more than 15 yards between them, in an attempt to prevent the opposition playing through the centre. This, of course, often means that progressing the ball down the flanks is the optimum approach for Spurs opponents. Match Action Carabao Cup Third Round Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021, 7.45pm, Emirates Stadium, Arsenal 3, AFC Wimbledon 0. Timeline, 11, Lacazette scores a penalty after Martinelli was tripped in the box. 64, Tavares hits the post. 77, Smith-Rowe doubles our lead from Lacazette's pass. 80, Nketiah makes it 3-0 with a superb backheeled goal. Talking heads. Alexandra Lacazette. We miss the fans a lot during the pandemic. So now that they are here, we have to give back the confidence that they gave us. Honestly, we want to go as far as we can in this competition. We want to win. In this kind of game, we have to make it easy. I think we should do it earlier, but at the end, we have to say Wimbledon played well. 
so we are happy with our performance. Mikel Arteta There's a real belief around the team and we're looking forward to playing the derby in front of our crowd again. Thank you very much for coming. They made a spectacular evening. It's never easy to come on a Wednesday night, so thank you for what they've done, because it makes a huge impact. Facts This was our first ever meeting with AFC Wimbledon, our last match against Wimbledon being April 1st, 2000. We are unbeaten at home against lower league opposition in the League Cup since November 1983. 34 matches. We have reached the fourth round of the League Cup for the 18th time in the past 19 seasons. Alexander Lacazette has scored eight goals in his last nine starts. Supporters' Voice Carlos, who is a clinical research fellow in the Huntington's Disease Research Team at the UCL Institute of Neurology, tells us about a very special patient, John. I am writing to you to let you know about a remarkable Arsenal fan called John. John is a patient with a terrible neurodegenerative disease called Huntington's disease, which makes him clumsy and affects his memory progressively. His symptoms started more than 10 years ago, and they are only going to become increasingly worse. I was struck when I first met him as he was wearing the latest Arsenal shirt when he visited me in my clinic. When I delved a bit deeper into his story, his sister Fiona, who takes care of him, told me that Arsenal means absolutely everything to him. He has been a fan of Arsenal for as long as he can remember, and he said that until he was six years old, he actually thought he had been born in Arsenal. Later he found out that he was born in Surrey, but he has been Arsenal's greatest supporter ever since. He wears the Arsenal shirt all the time, and his family saves money every year so they can buy the latest version of the shirt. He has an Arsenal watch and uses an Arsenal towel as well. Currently, Arsenal Football Club is what keeps him going despite the difficulties he is going through with his disease. Arsenal's games are his escape and he looks forward to them every day as it helps him think about something other than his disabilities. Arsenal is also a way of socialising for John. People notice he is disabled and also his Arsenal shirt, and will spend time talking about the team when his family take him to the pub. It is how he is able to keep in touch with a world that every year becomes stranger to him. John is a fighter, and Arsenal FC is a pillar for him to lean on. I promise to you that Arsenal is John's life. Know an Arsenal fan whose story should be told? Perhaps they have gone to great lengths to show their support for the Gunners, battled against difficulties in their lives, or shown great compassion for others. If you think they have a story, we need to hear it. Email us at program at arsenal.co.uk. Every supporter featured will receive a unique, personalised version of the Match Day programme featuring their story. Teams For Arsenal, 
Manager, Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, red and white hoop socks. One, Ben Leno, goalkeeper. Three, Kieran Tierney. Four, Ben White. Five, Tomas Partey. Six, Gabriel. Seven, Bukayo Saka. Eight, Martin Odegaard. Nine, Alexandre Lacazette. Ten, Emile Smith-Rowe. Fourteen, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Fifteen, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Sixteen, Rob Holding. Seventeen, Cedric Suarez. Eighteen, Takahiro Tomiyasu. Nineteen, Nicolas Pepe. Twenty, Nuno Tavares. Twenty-one, Callum Chambers. Twenty-two, Pablo Mari. Twenty-three, Albert Sambi Lokonga. Twenty-five, Mohamed Elneny. Twenty-six, Follerin Balogun. Thirty, Edian Kitia. Thirty-one, Seat Kalasinak. Thirty-two, Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. Thirty-three, Arthur Okonkwo, goalkeeper. Thirty-four, Granit Xhaka. Thirty-five, Gabriel Martinelli. For Tottenham Hotspur, head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo. White shirts, navy shorts and socks. One, Hugo Loris, goalkeeper. Two, Matt Doherty. Three, Sergio Regulon. Four, Christian Romero. Five, Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. Six, Damiton Sanchez. Seven, Hyung Min Song. Eight, Harry Winks. Ten, Harry Kane. Eleven, Brian Gill. Twelve, Emerson Royal. Fourteen, Joe Roden. Fifteen, Eric Dyer. Eighteen, Giovanni Lo Celso. Nineteen, Ryan Sassignon. Twenty, Deliani. Twenty-two, Pierluigi Golini, goalkeeper. Twenty-three, Stephen Bergwin. Twenty-five, Jaffet Tanganga. Twenty-seven, Lukas Mura. Twenty-eight, Tangai Ndombele. Twenty-nine, Oliver Skip. Thirty-three, Ben Davis. Forty-seven, Jack Clark. Referee Craig Pawson. Assistant referees Ian Hussein, Daniel Robothan. Fourth official Peter Banks. VAR official Stuart Atwell. Additional VAR official Constantine Hansidakis. Today's other fixture: Southampton versus Wolverhampton Wanderers at two p.m. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. It's time to step up your cyber protection. Get hashtag CyberFit with Acronis. Acronis, official partner of Arsenal. Akagera National Park, Rwanda. Your safari awaits. Visit Rwanda, official tourism partner of Arsenal Football Club. Plan your journey at www.visitrwanda.com. 
Instagram and Twitter at VisitRwanda underscore now. Twenty twenty one to twenty two membership. Red membership. My Arsenal Rewards. Priority ticket access. Junior Gunners. 2021 to 22 membership. Junior Gunners membership. Discounted tickets. Membership pack. Join now. Arsenal.com slash membership. There is a QR code to be scanned on the print version of the program. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 